When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to consider God's infinity than when we've first begun. Welcome to In the Bullpen, Up and Ready, a ministry of developing contenders. The call has come. You need to get up and ready now. And look who's coming up. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. I borrowed from and altered the words of John Newton's wonderful hymn, Amazing Grace, to make a point. Just as we will have no less days to sing God's praise... After spending millennia with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in glory, so too will our contemplation of Yahweh's infinite being have only just begun. And it's never to be exhausted. The one who is boundless, measureless, free from all limitations of time and space is knowable, but is not now nor ever will be fully comprehended by finite creatures. Elihu reminded Job and his three friends of such a glorious truth, including in the words that he spoke that we have recorded for us in Job 36, verse 26. Behold, God is exalted, and we do not know him. The number of his years is unsearchable. The much younger Elihu waited a long while before he finally spoke up. He showed great wisdom by believing the aged should speak first. And they did, for a long time, and about many things. Finally, however, the anger of Elihu burned. It burned against Job because he was trying to justify himself before Yahweh. It burned against his three friends because they were providing no true answers and yet were condemning Job. Elihu takes all four men to task by declaring the sovereignty, goodness, and glory of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The words that he spoke that are in our passage, he speaks in exalting our triune God. But they do not mean the Lord is unknowable. God has revealed himself in order to be known by his creature. Rather, Elihu is declaring the incomprehensible nature of God's being. The finite, which is all of creation, including angels and archangels, cannot fully grasp the infinite. Listen to these words from Hermann Bavinck. Infinitude indicates that the limitations of finite creatures do not apply to him. It may also be used to indicate the fact that God is unlimited in his attributes, that in him every virtue is present in an absolute degree. In that case, infinitude amounts to perfection. When we consider God's infinity as it regards space, we refer to his immensity or his omnipresence. When we are referring to God's infinity as regards time, we're talking about his eternity. Space and time are created, created by and dependent upon God who is exalted above them both. We, all creatures of our God and King, are bound to space and time. For us, everything is past, present, or future. 
Yet for the Lord, all is the ever-present now. So why does this matter? There are many reasons, but a very important one we are reminded of by Stephen Charnock. The eternity of God is the foundation of the stability of the covenant, the great comfort of a Christian. Consider well this. What are the pleasures of the wicked now compared to the eternal torment to come? Consider also this. What are our sufferings now, those of us in Christ, compared to the eternal blessings to come? Get your eyes up, fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, and be ready to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him.